1: my name is jane borosky host of invisible tears this podcast will be about my story and my words talking about my own personal experiences and self-healing i do not claim to be a therapist counselor or a licensed psychologist
0: hello my name is amanda bedard and i'm the co-host producer and editor of invisible tears i'm a reiki master certified professional life coach spiritual coach wellness coach and a counseling practitioner some of the content you will hear in this podcast may be disturbing to some viewer discretion is advised but it is our hope by putting this information out there that we may help others to heal we will always be a platform for truth and healing this is invisible tears Hi, I'm Jane, and I'm Amanda, Jane's life coach,
1: and welcome to the Jane and Amanda show
0: where we focus on mental health and healing.
1: Welcome to Invisible Tears. I'm Jane and I'm here with Amanda, my co-host, my Reiki master, my life coach,
0: and uh,
1: my bestie. Good morning, Amanda. Mm,
0: good morning, Jane. What a wonderful intro. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs>
1: I couldn't do this without you. Of course, this is the Jane and Amanda show. <laughs> <laughs> so um, am going to talk about, you know, just uh let you guys get to know us a little bit better. And uh, and uh, I, I want to announce that I got married Yay! about a week and a half ago. Uh, married my um My true love of 36 years, Uh, I know people are saying you're married after 36 years of being together. Yeah, we didn't want to rush it I guess. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we got married, Uh, it was just me and him, and um, his cousin married us, Kathy, and she was so sweet. She bought me a bouquet of flowers. Uh, said a few words about us, really sweet words about us being together, and and uh, she made it like really short and sweet, um, but she made it special, mm-hmm. and, and it was so cool. Um, but we got we got married on September third, which was uh, Dennis's parents. It would have been their fifty fifth wedding anniversary, and we chose that date um to honor them uh for many years they wanted us to to get married and you know you just get you get wrapped up with life and raising the kids and you keep saying oh next year next year yeah. next year and and um unfortunately they had passed and um but I I felt like they were there with us
0: I know and, that they uh, were
1: they were definitely smiling down and I know Dennis's dad was definitely saying about time. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so um but they um they are very special people to us. Uh we live next door to them mm-hmm. on the family farm. And uh about 7 years ago their health started to decline. Yep. And uh they they had expressed to me and Jess uh that they Wanted to die at home. They didn't want to die in a nursing home. Yep. So, uh, we stepped right up and started helping them, uh, with their everyday, everyday, uh, you know, things that they needed to get done and help them with meals and, and showers. And, uh, just, uh, we were down there probably four or five times a day, just checking up on them and, um five years ago is um, when they became full-time care. So me and Jessica stepped it right up and um, we, we totally 100% took care of them. And uh, unfortunately, he passed away October of 2018. And then she passed away a few months later, uh, March of 2019 and uh it was very hard it was very hard for a lot of reasons because one for 5 years <laughs> our yeah. lives revolved around taking care of them and then all of a sudden in the matter of months all of a sudden we have all this free time and and really didn't know how to adjust to that yeah uh, i i mean we we uh it, it was difficult and we missed them so much um, um when his mom passed she missed, she missed dad so much. Um, I really truly believe she, she passed away of a broken heart. Yeah. Uh, talked about him every day and missed him every day and cried every day. And it was rather heartbreaking. So um, it was almost a, a, a blessing in disguise to, yep. to have, you know.
0: I truly believe that that happens too. Yeah. I truly believe that that happens, actually. My great grandparents. It was the same thing. You know what I mean? One of my great-grandfather passed away. They were in a home. My great-grandfather passed away, and then within a couple of months, it, it was just, it's almost like a, yeah, it's it's my time now because they're not here. Uh, exactly. Sort of I
1: mean, they spend so many years together. It's like, Absolutely. how do you really adjust without somebody that close to you that you've actually lived your whole entire life with? Yeah, and all of a sudden, they're not there. Yeah, <laughs> I—it's I, got to be difficult, right. and and uh, so um we did get married on their anniversary, and uh, I'm very honored to um to have done that. It
0: what was a, what a beautiful tribute. Yeah, what a beautiful tribute. Mm-hmm. And such a beautiful ah, story. Ah, Tears to my eyes. Oh, ah. I have tissues. <laughs> I have tissues. I'm prepared just in case. But yeah, no, Jane, what a beautiful tribute. And it's as soon as you were explaining, you know, the the date and the significance, I immediately heard message that said that they were absolutely with you and they Mm -hmm. were just so, so happy and so proud. And thank you so much for choosing that date.
1: Oh, I needed to hear that. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad. Yeah, they're special. Yeah. I I actually knew uh, Dennis's dad longer than I knew my own dad because my dad had had passed away when he was fifty seven of a massive heart attack, so I was only like twenty four or twenty five years old.
0: Oh, wow. So
1: I actually knew his dad longer than okay. I knew my own dad. Right, and uh, he was like a dad to me. He was he was so funny. He was he was so funny. He knew everybody. He he was. They used to call him the mayor of Hinsdale. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just knew everybody. But uh, you know, I miss them, and I'm glad we did that. So, so after that, we uh, the next the following weekend, we had a cookout at our house. Yes, had some uh, very special friends uh, come over. It was a great time. Saw people that we hadn't seen in a long time. A good friend of ours brought us. A bottle of champagne, and uh-huh. so we all got to. Even though nobody was there when we got married, we all got to toast our wedding, our Absolutely. marriage, yep. and uh, that was pretty special. That was pretty cool, and uh, it was fun. It was fun. It was a. It was a good day, you um, know. Since this whole COVID thing has been going on, we just don't see our friends as much as we used to, and so having our some of our closest, closest friends were there was was very. Very special to us.
0: That's awesome. So, mm, sounds quite perfect, um, too. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was.
1: So you've had some <laughs> stuff <laughs> going on in, on your homestead.
0: Yes. Yes, we have. Some people know and some people don't that Drew and myself that we... So we live out in a small town in Nelson and we have some land and we, we homestead. Um we don't have a ton of farm animals but we'd like to try and be as sustainable as possible. And with that being said, we have had pigs um, at our house for three years um, and so we have we had a, a big a big sow and a boar. Um, they were actually uh, mating and actually had a litter at the end of July. Happy to report that those. Uh, that some of those babies are still going strong and crazy. And so there's, there's four, we have four little pigs up at our house. But unfortunately this past week, um, our big sow and boar got out of their pen and there was not a single thing that we could actually do to get them back into their pen. Um,
1: Well, how big were they? uh,
0: The sow was 450 pounds and Mm -hmm. the boar was about 150. So and they were you know really tight you know uh really really tight uh their temperament was absolutely fantastic um but yeah the, be, because of their size um it, it actually became a uh what do i want to say um we actually started getting really worried about the safety of our of our neighbors you know our exactly. neighbors actually have a ton of like gardens and one of our neighbors actually has farm animals has horses and cows too Um, And without us being able to actually get them safely back into their pen, um, they were venturing further and further towards the edge of our land. Um, So after quite a few hours of trying to get them back into their secure location, we actually had to end up taking them out, uh, which was something we weren't prepared to do. We were prepared to have those guys for quite some time. Um, But unfortunately, it it was something we had to do. So, oh, it was beyond your control. Yeah.
1: You had to think about the big picture.
0: We had to be responsible. Exactly. Responsible, you know, farm animal owners. Um, and so we unexpectedly had to take them out and processing, you know, God, what is that? Almost 600 pounds of pig. Um, <laughs> we <laughs> immediately had to jump into sort of, you know, uh, farmer mode. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, Is this the first
1: time you've had to process?
0: No, uh, we've pr- we've processed before. Um, we've processed two before, um, uh, but we were a little bit more prepared and a little bit more. Um, it was a little bit more scheduled. Yeah, that makes a difference. Yeah. So, uh, so it was really sort of going into crisis mode. <laughs> we went into crisis mode, um, and it was it was just kind of hard trying to balance that and processing that and keeping our businesses open too so since we have a retail location the frugal marketplace that only my husband and i work um it was really a. we actually had to close for one day and then the next days i was just here um running the running the show and normally i have another set of hands and he was just working constantly to make sure that we you know save save some of that meat yeah, exactly. But he did a fantastic job. We got through it. I don't know how. We always seem we always seem to manage to do that uh, when things get thrown at us. We just team up and divide and conquer. Yeah, you guys
1: are so. you guys are amazing <laughs> together. You really oh, are. Thank you. you really <laughs>
0: are. I think it helps that I think it helps that we know each other so well, and we have a really true friendship and bond but for even being husband and wife that we know how to appropriately deal with each other we know what each other can take and and we're really respectful of that I think first and foremost we have respect um for each other so
1: you guys have amazing communication with each other too I see that all the time
0: oh thank you (laughs) You tell that
1: you guys aren't just married you guys are truly best friends.
0: And yeah. We truly are. yeah, he truly he truly is my best friend. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm.
1: That's, I've known Andrew for a long time and I, I yes, don't you think have. I've ever <laughs> I mean even though sometimes you guys are struggling, I don't think I've ever seen him so happy. And oh I'm so grateful he married you because oh.
0: <laughs> I got to meet you.
1: <laughs> oh, I love you too. <laughs> oh, I love you. So um I think today we're going to talk about the financial impact on a victim uh, that people don't always um, realize.
0: Yeah, I think that it's unless you've been put into a situation where you, you, or a loved one, um, or somebody within your household. Racks up ex- extensive um, you know hospital bills and and you know bills associated with something with some sort of accident that happens to them. It's something that people don't think about until yeah. they have to go through. So I think this is a fantastic mm-hmm. topic because it's really bringing some light to to that adding that piece to the struggle of healing.
1: Oh, exactly, exactly. Um, shortly yeah. after my attack, Of course, the the doctor bills and the hospitals, hospital bills, uh, started coming in, Mm -hmm. came in the mail, and I just kind of pushed them to the side, Uh, they're not my bills, they're his bills, and then the phone calls started, the hospital wanted their money, and so I uh, I was young. Mm-hmm. still can't forget that I was still in my early 20s at this time right and didn't really have to deal with this stuff before so i kind of just oh their doctor bills to me they mean nothing push them to the side don't want to pay them
0: right and what um, and, and why should you have to like you said they're they're not your bill like you didn't
1: oh exactly i i didn't you know as far as I'm concerned, it was the monster's bills. Right. Um, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't uh, ask to be attacked. I didn't encourage him to attack me. Exactly. Uh, you know, I, I, I was, you know, I was, I was the victim. I, I had no control over this whatsoever.
0: Absolutely.
1: So, um, my bad, my medical bills in all totaled about $160,000. Wow. Which in 1988 was a lot. That was a lot. In 1988,
0: that would probably almost be a half a million dollars today. Probably. Yep.
1: Probably. Yep. So um, I did go to the state to see if I could get some help because I didn't have insurance. Hmm. And (laughs) the state uh, turned me down. And said that uh, Dennis made too much money at that time, and I had to use him because I was living with him, right so he had to use the you know his income as household income Yep. and uh at the time he was he was uh this is kind of funny he he was making eight fifty an hour <laughs> okay yep. and um that that put us over the threshold to get any kind of financial uh, help for our, for the medical bills right um through the state. So um, what else could I do? I, I ignored the bills. Uh, the hospital took me to court. Mm-hmm. They wanted their money.
0: Now during this time, were you working? I was not. Okay.
1: Nope, I was not. Yep. So I got the, the letter in the mail with a court date. So I'm thinking, uh, I'll, I'll explain to the judge what happened. Right. You know, Maybe, you know, work something out and, you know, maybe he'll show a little compassion. Absolutely. So I went to court and uh, got up and explained the whole situation about my attack and uh, how I wasn't working, how I got turned down for state aid, for medical. And um, this judge showed zero, zero compassion towards my situation whatsoever. So he actually court-ordered. Now these two words are very important. He court-ordered me to pay $60 a month to the hospital. And my first response was, that is going to take me forever. Right. And his response was, yeah, it probably will. So I left thinking got to pay these people 60 dollars a month. Now remember this is court ordered. Right. <laughs> well, I th- I paid one month and then I decided not to pay again. Well, the sheriff came knocking on my door. Uh-oh. Because remember I said this was court, court ordered. ordered.
0: <laughs> yep. Remember that. Yep.
1: And uh the sheriff came I had to pay $25 to bail myself out of jail. And I had to go back to court and stand in front of the same judge that court ordered me (laughs) to pay these bills. So uh, I went back to court, stood in front of him, and he explained to me when he court orders someone or myself To pay something, I am to pay it. So, um.
0: Yeah, zero compassion, huh? Zero
1: compassion. Absolutely.
0: Is this the only judge that was over? Because this would have been in Hinsdale, right? Uh, No, it was in Keene. It was in Keene. Oh, okay. Yep. So it wouldn't have been the only judge. No, I don't.
1: I don't know. if There was another one. I know he was the same one that I had to go in front of as I did. He was the same one as the first one, right so uh so every month, I paid that bill sixty dollars, sent that check, which I mean it was a constant reminder exactly uh, of what happened to me, like every month, I had to think about my attack because I had to write that check, and it was just a constant reminder, and it really uh, it and and it sucked. (laughs) I, uh, I hated it. Um, I mean, there were times that, you know, $60 a month doesn't sound like a lot, but when you have two kids and you know, you're living paycheck to paycheck, $60 a month can pay a light bill or can pay, uh, you know, it could buy food. Right. You know?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: And, um, and and it it was frustrating to me because I I felt very strongly that these were not my bills, um, so I uh I would write little things on my checks in the little memo box there, like not my bill or the monster should pay this or yep. this is his bill not my bill you know mm-hmm. I guess I did it to maybe try to make myself. A feel a little better as I'm writing these
0: checks. To have a little bit of control for yourself. You know what I mean? That's That, that little memo field was really the only piece of control that you could have, you yeah. know? Pretty much. Having to have that constant reminder. I my can't little, imagine.
1: My little release of frustration.
0: Exactly. So,
1: um, so I paid those bills for about 24 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I never missed a payment Mm -hmm. in 1989 a year after my attack a victim advocate contacted me about helping to pass the victim compensation fund that is funded by federal victims of crime act or it's called VA VOCA grants Um, and not by new hampshire taxpayers new hampshire taxpayers do not um fund this Mm
0: -hmm.
1: at the time new hampshire was one of only six states that did not have this program so of course i wanted to help so i wrote a letter to the new hampshire senate uh, about my attack and uh, i talked about my financial struggles and the impact it had on me um, because of my attack. And it was turned down the first time. They, they didn't vote it in.
0: So the Senate didn't vote it in after you sent the letter. Do exactly. You, do you know how the um, victim advocate, was it just because um, your attack was so publicized? I do. I think it you? was okay.
1: because I, it, it was so publicized. And, and at the time they were really trying to push this through mm-hmm. Oh, and, I got it. and so they, they thought, you know, contact me. Mm-hmm. I would be a, the perfect the example perfect of, you know, this person. does a crime like this does happen in New Hampshire. It does happen in small towns. I mean, Swansea is such a small town where my attack happened that they virtually had no real major crimes. Right. Um, especially violent crimes Mm -hmm. um so yeah they they contacted me i believe because they saw it um, probably read my story or, or read about what happened to me in the paper right
0: we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors And now, back to our episode.
1: So, after they turned it down, I appeared in person to tell my story. It was probably about a year later. And they passed it. Um, So, in 1991, uh, they adapted the Victim Compensation Fund in New Hampshire, which I am very, very proud of because... um, As you should be this program is amazing and and i don't think a lot of people know about it Mm -hmm. and um so i'll I'll talk a little bit about the program and and describe the program and how it helps victims it helps with medical bills uh it helps with mental health counseling um lost wages uh if a a victim is um, if it's a domestic victim, mm-hmm. domestic violence um, victim, it'll help to relocate them to a safe place. That's um, fantastic. It, it helps with gas, um, paying for gas uh, expenses to go to doctor's appointments or or meeting with the prosecutor or or advocate. It also helps helps families of a homicide victim with funeral costs and. Uh, mental health counseling for them. Wow, I Um, didn't realize it. I didn't
0: realize that it actually went that far.
1: It it does. And and it also helps um, families of homicide victims setting them up with uh, an advocate to go to court um, if the person is being prosecuted. The the advocate will go to court with them and, and help them with court dates and stuff like that. And they also set up victims with advocates to help them with court, court appearances. Mm-hmm. Um, this program has helped thousands of people in, in just New Hampshire. It's, and the program goes on and on. There, there's so much more that they do for victims and, and um, homicide victim families. And it's just such a good program, and it's out there. And unfortunately, the program was uh, unable to help me. Because my attack happened before the, the program. Before you know. it was established. Exactly. Um, so unfortunately it, it wasn't able to help me. But it does help others and that's important.
0: So when you say that you went and helped to get this passed, you, did you go and actually speak in front of the in front of Senate? I in did. Of, yeah. I did. Wow. Yeah. Yes, I did. And and I I
1: just wanted them to know that this program was needed in New Hampshire. I mean, uh, logically, it should be, if it's federally funded, it should be in every single state. I agree. Crime happens everywhere. Absolutely. It it does not discriminate. No, it does
0: not. It
1: it doesn't pick and choose what state they want to, you know, it happens in. So, um, but it it did get passed. I'm very proud of this. I'm very, I'm glad that I was a part of it.
0: As you should be. It's amazing. Jane, even though you personally didn't benefit from the actual program itself, I mean, from 19, you said 1991, right? Yes. 1991. It was finally, it was finally passed because of that. You've helped so many people. Exactly.
1: exactly. And
0: that's amazing. Yeah. Good for you. That's why I feel so good about it. You tonight. should.
1: Not that I'm bragging. I'm just, I just feel good about it. You
0: know? Yeah. Well, you're allowed to brag. <laughs> <laughs> you're allowed to brag. You, you helped pass this amazing, this amazing mm. piece of, um, this amazing piece of legislation. Um. That's and I didn't realize that um, the victim compensation fund actually helped the families of victims as well, which is so fantastic. Which um, I think a lot of people can forget too, um, how much how much the families of victims can be affected, especially financially. Um, you know, not everybody not everybody has you know uh, has life insurance. Not everybody has um, a plan. Exactly
1: exactly and and and, i mean you can't predict a crime so you know how do you prepare for something like that
0: absolutely you know yeah so
1: but it's a it's a wonderful program it's there to help people um and and i'll i'm gonna put the uh contact info we'll Mm -hmm. put that on the on the um website
0: absolutely we'll not only put it on the website but we'll also make sure that we add it into the description of this episode as well so people can go ahead and um if if you need um if you need this victim compensation fund um we'll have all the contact information on here
1: so i also um am a strong believer in good karma
0: oh so am i
1: you do good and uh you get compensated for it in in some form. Right. So, over the years, I continued writing those dreadful checks mm. every month to pay my doctor bills or pay the hospital. Yep. And uh, in October of 2010, I wrote that check out, $60, mailed it and a, i don't know about three weeks later i got the check back with an invoice stating that the remainder of my bill was paid so of course i was um apprehensive about this and i was like oh, of course they must have made a mistake yes yeah, something absolutely. they had to make a mistake and of course it's Court ordered, <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> Wait, court ordered has been drilled into the head. So um, yeah, you're like, and no, it's, it's not quote paid in full.
1: unquote court ordered, <laughs> right? I um, I went to the hospital with the bill and uh, my check, and I said I think there was a mistake somewhere, and she looked it up and she said no, it's paid. Somebody came in and paid it in full. And we're talking over $90,000 here.
0: That is insane. Somebody
1: came in and paid over $90,000 on my doctor bill, which is, and and nobody really knew that I was making these payments. Right. Nobody really knew that I had gone to court and I was dealing with all this crap. Um, So to, to till today till this day, I have no idea who did it.
0: I was going to ask that. do you have any clue any no clue. clue no clue I don't know wow. anybody
1: with ninety thousand dollars right, right. <laughs> you know and uh but I'm grateful, of course, and whoever did this, thank you. I would love it if you came forward and told me so I could thank you in person absolutely um. But I, I want to say thank you for that, and you know that was good karma. Uh, you know? Absolutely, I uh, I did something good, and in return, somebody did something good for me. And yes. so now I do not have, and it's felt so good not to have to write that check anymore. I bet not to have that reminder, that that negative reminder every month, and uh, it, it feels great. It's um, one less thing I have to think about and deal with. Absolutely. And uh, it may seem little. It may t- seem you know small. Oh, sixty dollars a month. It wasn't so much the money, right? It was the reminder.
0: Exactly. It was it was the principle.
1: Exactly. It was
0: the principle of the fact that you had to remember and do that every single month. I yeah. think that's amazing. I think that's amazing that an anonymous person paid right. your bill, and that absolutely is. You know, that just goes to show you um, the universe works in mysterious ways, and karma can most definitely come back to you. I mean, you've you've done so much good in your life um, that I wish I wish the anonymous person would come forward too, <laughs> so I can thank them for you too. <laughs> I do. I, uh, you know,
1: they there's good people in this world there are, and um you know to to want to pay that amount of money on something and anonymously, and you know it's it's like you know, oh, I don't want to take credit for this, but i I want to help her right it is, is the way that i'm I look at it, and it's that takes a that's a pretty amazing person to me.
0: It is that's a true act of good, yes, it is,
1: yes, unselfish, so because of people like that, I'm always trying to get back mm-hmm. and always trying to get back, and um uh, you know it's uh, we're all human, and some people may not show they need help or show that they're struggling or or anything like that. But people do see. And, you know, there are a lot of people out there that help others and and just uh, do it out of the kindness of their heart. And I think if we had more people like that in this world, this world would be a much better place. I think so, too. So my goal every day... When I wake up, and I've been doing this for over 10 years since my counseling started, my goal every morning I wake up, I say to myself, even before I even get out of bed, today I am going to be a better person than I was yesterday. Does it always work that way? No. But I try to be. And, uh... I do that every day. And most of the time, I feel like I am a better person. You know, today, today than I was yesterday. It reminds me that I am a good person. Right. And it reminds me that even though I've had a struggle that one day, or I was being mean, or. Or grumpy, or you know, just wasn't a good person, or did something that made me not a good person that day. I know the next day I can work a little bit harder, mm-hmm. and, and that's what I strive for.
0: It's a beautiful affirmation to start your day with. You are essentially setting your intention and setting your vibration and setting the tone for your day.
1: Exactly. You know, I I know over the years I find myself. If I see somebody in the store, not, not that I know them, but I smile and say hi to more people now Yep. because you don't know what kind of day they're having. That smile and that hi or hello could have changed their whole day.
0: Absolutely. And you know you how, don't know. You know how many times I've given compliments to complete strangers, just the simplest, like it, like. I will observe, you know, someone I don't know, um, maybe they're actually in my store or maybe I'm passing them on the street or maybe I'm just around them shopping in the same place. If I notice something and it's a compliment, it doesn't matter if I don't know them or not, I will purposely, oh, that is an absolutely beautiful dress. It brings out your eyes and just smile and walk away. I, and that doesn't do anything for me that is just me voicing and hoping that something like that can help brighten someone's day, maybe help bring up or help raise their vibration. You never know what somebody's going through and something just as simple as you know, an act of kindness exactly can completely change someone's day, week, month. Yep. Yep.
1: I I mean, I'm a big one of <laughs> And I've been doing it for so long and nobody's ever bought me a coffee. Um, oh.
0: <laughs> not that I'm
1: doing it <laughs> because I want to, you know, a payback or whatever, but yeah. Dunkin Donuts drive through. Oh yeah. You do the pay it forward. There is not a time that I drive through there. I don't pay it forward. Mm-hmm. I, I always pay it forward. Yeah. I always pay for the person behind me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I always, you know, most of the time I get beeps and waves and mm-hmm. as I'm pulling away when they're finding out that I bought their coffee or whatever. Yeah. But it's a, uh, you know, I'm sure there had been one or two times when somebody might have been scrounging for change or just, oh, somebody bought me a coffee. That just brightened their day, you know? Absolutely. And uh, that's why I do it. That's why I do it. You're so but amazing. I will say... Nobody has ever bought me a coffee. <laughs> oh, my heart. <laughs> oh. But that's okay. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. It'll happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get paid back in different ways. You know? This is true. Like my doctor bills.
0: Mm-hmm. That's just amazing. Mm-hmm. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, I cried that day. I just, I I couldn't believe that somebody went in and did that anonymously. Um, I don't know how they did it anonymously. I mean, that's a lot of cash to walk in, but I'm sure they, they did it somehow anonymously. uh,
0: Yeah, it was
1: pretty amazing.
0: That really is. I'm happy for you. Thank you. Couldn't have happened to a better person.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: You're most welcome. So as we stated earlier, information on the Victim Compensation Fund will be in the description of this podcast episode. But also for more information, you can visit www.doj.nh.gov or call toll-free 1-800-300-4500 or 603-271-1284 for more information. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Invisible Tears. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast hear all future episodes. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We also have a website, invisible-tears.com, where you can keep current with any events that may be happening with our podcast. Read more about Jane and the team, and read more about all the Connecticut River Valley unsolved cases.
1: If you are looking for everyday items, clothes, collectibles, or a gift for that special someone, you can support us further by checking out our retail store, The Frugal Marketplace. We can be found at thefrugalmarketplace.com or search for us on eBay and Poshmark. We hold an online claim sale on Facebook Live every Monday night at 7 p.m. where you can find our latest items for sales or items at a deep discount. If you're local to the area, please stop in and say hi. You can find us at 919 West Swansea Road in Swansea, New Hampshire. The links for our products
0: can be found in our show notes. If you want to learn more about my wellness practice, Guided Path Wellness, head to guidedpathwellness.org. There you can read more about me and my certifications, more about the Reiki and coaching services I offer both in person and remote, and read all about my products for sale that I make through the practice. Feel free to utilize the Contact Us section on the website with any questions or utilize that free 15 minute consultation booking button if you have any questions about what might work for you evil may exist in this world but we will not let it win see you next episode